You're about to listen to an episode of Legally Fonds. This episode is brought to you in association with LawSchool.ie. LawSchool.ie is Ireland's leading provider of tuition for the FE1 or King's Inns entrance exams. Each course is delivered live online with a specific exam focus and supported by the latest manuals. Shorter, pre-recorded workshops are also available and courses commence every year in June and November. Register anytime at lawschool.ie and for a 10% discount on any course, just use the discount code LEGALLYFOND. On this episode of Legally Fond, we hear about a very devoted vegan. Uh, where possible, the claimant will avoid social gatherings if the food served is non-vegan. And since becoming a vegan, he has not dated anyone who is not a vegan. And asks some of life's important questions. Can you still be vegan if you get chicken nuggets at McDonald's at 3 o'clock in the morning? Welcome to Legally Fond Season 2, Episode 2. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Legally Fond. We're here broadcasting from our own studio in Clontarf, Dublin. It's nice to see you face-to-face while we're recording, as opposed to just over Zoom. I, I wish I could say the same. <laughs> <laughs> you look better in on video, I have to say. Well, the camera adds £10, famously. <laughs> so... But yeah, I'm I'm delighted to be back. I mean, this is this is it. We're kicking off season two. I think. I mean, I was saying to Alex just there, what six months ago when we started this, we really didn't think we were staring down the barrel of anything, uh, anything, yeah, anything successful. But here we are, and we're doing well. And of course, we owe that all to uh, our listeners, I guess. Um, thanks to you, and uh, I think thanks to at Metropolitan School of Dance for providing the costume environment for the studio. Absolutely, and what a studio it oh, is. Oh, it's beautiful, yeah. Guys, you should see it. <laughs> we're dwarfed by costumes here. There's costumes everywhere you look. Gavin is sitting behind the fairy Pierce is dressed mother. up as a ballerina, actually. I'm the, I'm the mad hatter. Yeah. And, uh... and like I said, Gavin's the fairy godmother. In this episode, we look at a case which focuses on veganism. Veganism is, of course, a lifestyle choice which is becoming more and more popular in society. But does veganism warrant the status of being a philosophical belief under the Equality Act in the UK? Does it almost have religious qualities? Ethical veganism is defined as a philosophy and way of life which seeks to exclude, as far as possible and practical, all forms of exploitation and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose. So is ethical veganism a philosophical belief? We're going to discuss a case which considered that. Let's dive in. Mr. Kasimitjana, we'll go with that. He's the claimant in this case. He was working for a charity called the League Against Cruel Sports, which is uh, a charity which seeks to, to, to stop sports that abuse animals. And he is a vegan. He has been a vegan for many years. And he pointed out that the company's pension fund was being invested in companies that were involved with animal testing. And of course, being a vegan and taking his veganism very seriously, he was none too plussed by this. And he kind of put up a fuss about it and told his colleagues about it. Subsequently, he was sacked. And his claim essentially was, hang on a minute, I was discriminated against here because of my veganism. And my veganism is protected as a philosophical belief under the Equality Act of 2010. First thoughts on this, guys. Well, like I, I think I'll go back to something you said earlier there, that veganism is kind of a fad nowadays. And I mean, I think vegans themselves would argue that it is, I guess, environmentally necessary nowadays to pursue veganism, both 
as a kind of philosophy as well as the basis of your diet and how you live your life and things like that. This guy was a vegan from the year 2000. So I think it's fair to say back then veganism wouldn't have been as mainstream or as popular. So he strikes me as quite quite a committed vegan, quite a principled vegan. They said he went into a 100% vegan diet immediately. I guess it's not just dietary veganism because the judgment goes into great detail about how he ordered and lived his life by a very strict set of personal morals. This guy took it very seriously. So did the vegan society that uh, actually sent a representative and the judge received 1,239 pages, you know, details, philosophical veganism, its history and how it impacts the claimant's daily life, which again is spelled out very, very detailed. So like... It's interesting though, because I thought, and we'll, we'll tell people about this in a second, I just assumed veganism was an extension of vegetarianism and was kind of emerged in the 60s with the kind of hippie movement, environmental movement, but there's a deeper, more philosophical rooting in it, uh, in that it is rooted in the ancient Indian religion of Jainism. Do you guys know this? No, not till I read The Judgment. No. Um, although, like, I think they're uh, from, maybe incorrect on this, but I think there's evidence that shows that Roman gladiators were vegan in, in, in their diets. Well, the more you know. Pierce, the judgment sets out a number of criteria which have to be fulfilled if something is to be considered a philosophical belief. What are those criteria? Well, in, in the judgment, they said that a philosophical belief, uh, in order to be deemed so, has to be genuinely held. I guess it means it isn't a fad it means something, you're committed to it. And they said it has to be belief, not an opinion based on a set of facts at any given time. So I guess there's an element of almost faith in, in, in a yeah. concept beyond information that may be presented to you that actually may contradict that belief. So does that suggest that you're better off if your belief is something that is less tangible and less fact-based? Well, the more, the more, not aren't. Yeah, the, the more abstract and the more... Airy-fairy. Airy-fairy and impossible the belief, the better it is for this criteria. Uh, I guess. Of. I mean, it's, it's a hard one to nail down. And then there's kind of a follow-up that says it has to be a belief as to have a, a weighty and substantial influence on human life and behavior to be perfectly honest like if you interviewed half the religious people in this country they wouldn't pass this test because of the, because of that as in a way to such an aspect of human life and behavior and it then goes on to say that there has to be a certain level of seriousness and cohesion and importance to oh it. So i love the be... i love the just adding adjectives yeah, for the, for the <laughs> laugh like again i'm not entirely sure and then it says it has to be worthy of respect in a democratic society. So I guess it can't, it obviously means it can't be something that would potentially threaten the democratic or moral order that, that we that we have and enjoy in a in a uh, democratic society. And it has it can't be incompatible with the human dignity of other people or the in conflict with rights of, of others, fundamental rights of others rather. It's a pretty high high I bar. Think that's quite it? a high bar. Very yeah. high bar. It's a very, very strict test, as we've said. So I think, let's be honest, dietary veganism probably wouldn't fall into this necessarily. Well, where's the, where's the belief I, no, I, I could, if, if you're doing it to, for your health or to lose weight? I, can, I, no, no I completely disagree with yeah. both of you. Really? Yeah. I oh, know, 100%. I think that's like completely perfectly falls within it. As in like, you know, they're... But if you're a dietary vegan and you have a leather handbag... 
not a sorry, not a dietary vegan, but as in like I think veganism, like when it's taken seriously, can one hundred percent fall under oh, this. In this case, and like, certainly, yeah. yeah. But you know, then you'd say, well, any Christian or Catholic eating meat on Friday. But the the problem is that I think with this case, it's taken a guy who is clearly a very ardent and hardline vegan, and then assumed that anybody who else anybody else who is also vegan orders their life in the manner that he does and therefore veganism as a concept exists as I think a the headlines belief. Yeah, I think no. the headlines exaggerated it at the time of this case. No, I actually no, um, honestly I think ve- vegans probably put more effort into their veganism than a lot of Catholics do into their religion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean I sorry, veganism, but I mean veganism is a distinct choice and I suppose that's also the case with Catholicism, but a lot of people are born into a particular faith which they may not, you know, may in later life then disown. Uh, and not not feel a particular connection to this. I mean, I, I I guess yeah, there are babies that are raised raised as vegan from birth. You can um, you can do any activity I think in in life with such a devotion, such a commitment, such a a worship that it almost becomes. But I think religious not, or not, I, th- I think look, not look exploiting at, animals. Look is at appropriate. guys who play county in Gaelic. They devote every minutes of their lives to, to 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 training to mentally preparing themselves they go off the drink they watch their diet uh, they don't go out they they sacrifice so much mm-hmm. uh, to be on the team and it's it's almost a religious like commitment but it's not so, I mean, no, if it's you're not, going but it's not road, philo- philosophy like i think the there's a, the philosophy of you know whether it's protecting the environment and not har- harming animals like i i'm i'm actually shocked that uh, I'm on. I'm on this side of the fence. No, I mean, like, I, I'm not. Like, I, I think veganism is certainly praiseworthy. And I mean, the reasons this guy, you know, he, he is a zoologist. He obviously cares a lot about animals. I think what he's doing is, is very, um, it's very good thing. I mean, he obviously believes strongly in these principles, and um, that should be commended. But what I'm saying is, they've taken. What what I would view as an extreme vegan, somebody who takes it very very seriously. I mean, they talk about him. He regularly goes to protests and demonstrations, tries to educate other people about veganism, one hundred percent vegan uh, diet. Like I said, he had an aversion to sitting on leather chairs. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case for every vegan. And then just because you operate on a maybe not all the time as well, but a somewhat vegan diet to be able to claim a kind of philosophical immunity because the court have, uh, has granted that is, is not necessarily well the issue here is he was he was sacked he claims he was sacked as a result of being vegan as a result blowing of the speaking whistle, out blowing the whistle out about how they invest their I think he's br- I, I, I think this guy's great well let's have a listen to some of the oh the, com- the commandments this is what uh, Moses brought down on the, on the stone <laughs> tablet for <laughs> vegans this no I, I love this one on a place um, of quinoa, yes. Uh, the claimant, when travelling to remote places, still adheres to his ethical vegan lifestyle and would rather go hungry than consume an animal product. Uh, where possible, the claimant will avoid social gatherings if the food served is non-vegan. And since becoming a vegan, he has not dated anyone who was not a vegan and he would not share a property with anyone who was not also a vegan. This guy must have had a great lockdown because he had no one, no non-vegans to, uh, to disturb him or annoy him. So that's the kind of like what he doesn't do. And then it goes through his daily life saying what he has for breakfast, the supplements he takes, what he has for lunch. And then 
This is brilliant. This is brilliant. If the claim's destination was within an hour walking distance, he would normally walk there to avoid accidental crashes with insects or birds when taking a bus or public <laughs> transport. <laughs> when was the last time you guys had an accidental crash with a bird while walking somewhere? Like, I mean, everybody swallows a few flies now and then when you're cycling or something. An accidental they? crash. But that's, yes, that's, yes. That's, that's like not deliberate consumption. The claimant will not consume food. He believes that it, in its production will in any way harm animals. So figs are grown with a symbiotic relationship to a microscopic wasp. In those circumstances, it's still inside the ripened fig. Therefore, consumption of figs is, not, is inconsistent with veganism. I didn't know that. Neither did I. I had a fig the last day. A fig you from... Murder. Murder, you a fig killer. fig from Fallon and Byrne, would you believe? I think this guy's great. Like, you know, I'd say he probably ditches palm oil as well because deforestation and stuff. I back it, like... I No, I really admire him. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, like, world I wouldn't need... like to spend time with him, but the, I admire him from a distance. The world needs people <laughs> like this. I mean, this is his cross that he's going to die on, absolutely, and I, I fully respect that. What I'm saying is... He's probably going to be healthy doing it as look, well. I don't think every vegan lives their life to this extreme. How do you allow there to be a pluralistic society and allow everyone to have their own religious, philosophical, ethical beliefs, yet have some common standards? And this is particularly applicable in the workplace in this case. Like, I mean... It's very easy if someone is is Muslim. Uh, it's very easy for their canteen in their workplace to offer Serve halal, halal meat. Yeah. But if someone is a member of some religion that requires them to pray for five hours a day during the daytime, meaning that they can't work in the office during that time, how is the employer but, meant but to orthodox, accommodate, accommodate but that? But no, Orthodox Jews will often take Friday evening off because it's been preparation for the Sabbath. You know, I think that it, the workplace should be reasonably accommodating to that. And, uh, you know, you have to remember that freedom of religion as per, you know, the I judgment. mean, it has to be within reason. I mean, like, you can't, like, you know... I, I guess you also but the, as a decision yeah, but, to pursue a particular type of career that would be accommodating towards your lifestyle. I know, but if you have a right to practice religion, um, it shouldn't matter. But, but that, that's, you're you're not mean, obliged we've, we've said to this pursue before, any... You, no, no right... Uh, kind of right. indefinite scope of application you know but it is, is it, within reason yeah but within reason a company should accommodate some of these religious practices absolutely and I but I think there's a time and a place to practice religion and I, I don't think for example I don't believe that um, religious imagery of any form should feature in state schools um, or, or indeed in the workplace I think it is a private matter uh, I think if a workplace can accommodate you to do that maybe in a separate space or timetables you in at certain hours so that you can go to a religious service that's great let's say this guy worked in in tesco and he refused to pass any he worked on the till well, and I he think, refused to pass any because meat a lot of the uh, a lot of people who uh, subscribe to the islamic faith won't handle uh pork, pork products and, and indeed uh jewish people wouldn't either and that's perfectly acceptable as well you'll notice that people people um who, whose religion is Islam, they, they won't sell alcohol. And that seems perfectly fair to me. I guess the solution with these people is you just put them doing a different job. You don't yeah. have a, a meat-free till. You yeah, know, but as, a, just... like, as a, it, I think it's probably important to... I mean, you to... don't put him at the butcher's counter, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. He was just saying that he didn't want his pension being invested in what he saw mm. as unethical things. It's like, and 
Like I think that's I mean that's a very fair point, but um But this could have big ramifications it, yeah, exactly. for the workplace. It's, it's what what exactly it opens up uh, to also becoming recognized as a philosophical belief and there was that interesting case in the Netherlands regarding the church that styled itself as the gospel of the flying spaghetti monster, I think commonly known as pastafarianism. I remember reading about this in the news and I think it it came up with so it's in the Netherlands, and uh, one of the tenets of this. Um, well, so- it was founded in in America, okay. in response to it was it was this science graduate who was living in Oregon, I think, and in in Kansas they had tried to bring in alternative teachings to evolution in primary schools. Mm-hmm. So his response was, "I'm anti-religion. I'm an atheist. Let's make up a religion that is satirical of all other religions," and. Um- it obviously spread, caught on, and I think it was this lady in the Netherlands wanted to assert her right to express her religion by displaying a colander on her driving license in the Netherlands. I believe on her head. On her yes. head. Yes. And this is a common. This, this is, is what common, pastafarians yeah. do. If you meet a pastafarian in the street, they will likely have their colander or some other pasta cooking Religious apparatus yeah. on. <laughs> So this is what this lady wants to do, and she wants to get 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 pastafarianism recognised by the Dutch court as a religion. Needless to say, it wasn't recognised as a religion. Yeah, because the court said it was satirical, it was a, satirical, and it was yeah. knowingly satirical. It didn't I mean, to be no, else. N- nobody enters into that. Presumably, one would hope, believing that some higher power <laughs> is dictating us to wear colanders on our head. I mean, you can't afford people that much license to, to kind well, of get away with it. If somebody wants to wear a colander on their head. Let them wear it, but don't let that be recognised as a religion. People take religion very seriously. Nobody takes wearing a colander on their head seriously. Well, the rule they in the Netherlands do. at the time was that you could partially cover your head as long as it was for religious, religious reasons. So I assume a, a burqa, a niqab, etc. Yeah. was permitted. I but think that's... doesn't it brilliantly satire how arbitrary religion can be that's assuming that tradition how... has no values like I wear a crucifix around my neck every day so, so you think tradition is the big thing that kind of distinguishes but is between... it well no I like again I, I think she should have been able to wear a colander to be honest like no matter how ridiculous you think my religion is mm. I'm still perfectly entitled to to believe in it and to practice it as I see fit as long so, as you're not and like uh, so or whatever yeah yeah but as so as ludicrous as I think wearing a colander in your head in public is it's none of my business I, I'm just wondering how do you guys think you can justify distinguishing between an established religion or an established religious practice and pastafarians going round well I think, I think you, I think you look at the foundation and you look at the conviction of the founders and the goals and their mindset and things like that like so then is Scientology not a religion well as I said <laughs> people would argue that it isn't is that a knock on the door true. um <laughs> David Miscavige outside. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, so, so like you said, they set that up with, with with the goal in mind to mock these school teaching practices that had, that had been brought in. They wanted to satirize religion in general. So that to me says, if if you're uh, if your um, goal, your mission statement is to satirize the very thing you then later want to be recognized as, I think it's it's a bit of a stretch, really. I like why not like as in I, yeah I get the uh, no but I their, think their motivations were questionable but like a lot of people question the motivation lots of people question the motivations of the foundation whether it's you know 
the Catholic Church, Islam or Judaism. But you were saying that you were getting a rubber stamp recognition of this as a genuine religion. And, and that has that has implications. It, like, yeah. Like, as I said, actually, here is the case. Sorry. There was a prison inmate called Stephen Kavanaugh who insisted that he, he was in he was in prison in the US. He insisted that as a pastafarian, he had a right to be served pasta every day in prison and have have his own space to, to eat it at the prison canteen. And this was him practicing his religion. And the court said no to that. So, I mean, with your religious expression can give you privileges. You know, there are implications for your practices being recognized as religious practices. It's not like they don't affect anyone else. I'd, I'd err on the side of like, if somebody wants to wear a condor on the head and eat pasta every Let day. Let them. We live in a free democratic society. That's not the and issue. They can wear a colander all they want. But to give that the kind of sway and gravitas as being recognized as religious apparel is frankly, when you look at particularly this case, I, I think it can't but be then, like, And it wasn't just Can you still be vegan if you get chicken nuggets and McDonald's at three o'clock in the morning? Like you can, it if, says if, you can. If, if you're under the influence. It says you can break it. Yeah, are they, alcohol isn't forbidden. So like, it's possible that you're out. And you just get. Well, not now, obviously, but. You've no mens rea. I know somebody who would, like, when under the influence of alcohol, and, you know, if they were offered something non-vegan, would eat it. So let's give you a quick roundup of what happened in the case. In fact, Mr. Kasimityana's employer conceded that ethical veganism, in fact, was a philosophical belief under the Equality Act 2010. But the Employment Tribunal, which decided this case, not a court, had to satisfy itself that this was, in fact, true. And the judge found that it was. He said that ethical veganism carries with it an important moral essential. He said it was a substantial aspect of human life, conceded that it has a high level of importance given that it affects so many aspects of one's life, and that the belief does not offend society in any way. Therefore, it can be considered a philosophical belief. First thing to take out of this is it was pretty specific to its facts. As we described earlier, Mr. Kasimityana is a, an ethical vegan to the extreme. So the importance of this decision shouldn't be overstated because there was another recent decision which found that dietary vegetarianism was not a philosophical belief. Another thing to note is that this decision isn't binding because it's a decision of an employment tribunal and not one of a court. However, it could be interesting to see what other people try to assert as their philosophical beliefs deserving of protection under the Equality Act, and it could change some policies employers have for dealing with vegans in the workplace. Thanks very much for listening, and if you're a new listener, check out last season. Uh, we've got 15 episodes there. We have interviews with uh, Senator Ivana Bacic and Professor David Kennedy about... Law. A lot of good law. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of, good of good law. law there. Absolutely. Check out our social media, Instagram, Twitter. At LegallyFonds. Yeah, send us a message. Let us know what you want to see. Get in touch. Tell us how we're doing. Yeah, can someone pl- react to our stories, please? Yeah, I mean, it's quite sad. We put stuff up. And it's like shouting into the wilderness. You know? React to Gavin's book reviews, please. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah I, we would stress Gavin's book reviews. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot.